From the great American Pacific Northwest, greetings and welcome, my friends, to this week's edition of the Parachronical Almanac. I'm Jonathan Hawk. This week, we'll take a look at Luis Elizondo, the former national security official who led ATIP and is behind a lot of the recent UFO government stories and leaks here in the U.S. Well, he claims he's part of a government smear campaign. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean the U.S. government doesn't want to talk about the subject of UFOs? Shocking. We'll also take a look back at the purported Cape Girardeau UFO crash of 1941, a full half decade before Roswell, and are missing people across the U.S. victims of underground caves and cannibals? This is a story you'll want to complement with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. All of that and more coming right up. Now, before we get to the news, don't forget to like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to spread the word about our show. And we're always, always looking for stories from you, paranormal or otherwise. So give us a call on the Parachronicle hotline at 818-570-0126 if you'd like your story featured on a future episode. That's 818-570-0126. Save it to your contacts. Or you can always email at hawk at theparachronicle.com. That's H-A-W-K-E at theparachronicle.com. And on that note, let's dive right in. Well, we start off this week with a story from the New York Post and a former Pentagon leader who revealed UFO evidence accuses the government of a smear campaign. A former national security official who blew the whistle on reports of UFOs claimed the Pentagon tried to smear his reputation and discredit him so the government could continue to cover up details about unexplained aerial phenomenon. Lou Elizondo, a former head of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, filed the 64-page complaint with Pentagon's Inspector General on May 3rd, according to Politico. Quote, several internet bloggers were notified that I had no duties regarding ATIP and that ATIP did not involve the study of UAPs, Elizondo reportedly told the IG. As a result, the bloggers began to disseminate reporting accusing me of being a fabricator. The complaint also said a senior official warned Elizondo he would tell people he was crazy and that it might impact his security clearance, according to the article. These negative actions against me have resulted in great personal and professional challenges to me and my family, Elizondo's complaint reportedly read. Elizondo's allegations of a coordinated character assassination come as Washington officials are set to present Congress with a report detailing everything the government knows about UFOs in June. The mandate was attached to December's $2.3 trillion COVID-19 bill, and Pentagon officials have since acknowledged that footage of three UFOs harassing Navy ships off the coast of California is, in fact, authentic. Elizondo's lawyer told Politico the main goal of his complaint is to pressure the Pentagon to come clean about close encounters of the third kind. Quote, nobody seemed to be taking this thing very seriously, Daniel Sheehan reportedly said of his clients' grievances. The different units and different groups that are responsible for responding to this particular phenomenon, well, they're not briefing each other on this. The Defense Department's Inspector General did not issue a comment about the complaint, but launched an investigation into the Pentagon actions on UFOs the same day it was filed. Quote, the objective of this evaluation is to determine the extent to which the DOD has taken actions regarding unidentified aerial phenomenon, otherwise known as UAP, according to the memo announcing that the probe had begun. 
Elizondo has been outspoken about his discredited former role in the Pentagon after retiring in 2017. There are some people in the Pentagon that still don't like me very much. I think they're pissed at me for the way that I left, he told the Post last month, in an interview where he offered a hopeful preview of the upcoming UFO report. Elizondo said he thinks it will be an interim report, with all the unknowns laid out and not a bombshell, but he warned lawmakers should take the findings seriously. Quote, these vehicles are still coming up and causing aviation havoc. They're getting in the middle of aviation operations, and that's dangerous. Elizano interviewed military eyewitnesses who encountered UFOs on an almost daily basis and spoke to the post of vehicles detected flying at 43,000 miles per hour. You heard me right, 43,000 miles per hour and turning on a dime. Quote, the level of interest is reaching a critical mass, he said. I think government officials realize that, and it would be like putting a cat back in the bag or like putting toothpaste back in the tube. Now that the government has acknowledged the reality of unexplained aerial phenomenon, it's going to be really hard to backtrack. Quote, maybe we're going to realize that what we thought were monsters are really just our neighbors, end quote. Hmm. Maybe they are. Or maybe they're not. And a new organization aims to get answers about UFOs. This from the Roswell Daily Record. Tourists visiting the International UFO Museum and Research Center on May 25th were greeted by the sight of a television crew interviewing renowned UFO researcher and author Donald Schmidt. Schmidt, an expert on the alleged 1947 UFO crash on a ranch near Corona, has dedicated his life to solving the mysteries surrounding unidentified aerial phenomenon. He returns each year for lectures during Roswell's UFO Festival. Now, he's joined with scientists and other researchers who have formed a new organization, the International Coalition on Extraterrestrial Research, or ICER, dedicated to finding the answers about UFOs. Quote, We just announced today, May 25th, the start of an international coalition, 27 countries, an international coalition on extraterrestrial research, Schmidt said. Russia... China, Japan, throughout South America, throughout Europe, all are coming together. It's never happened before, and as far as it goes, we're really going to push. Schmidt said that many scientists and researchers are skeptical of the U.S. military's recent release of documents and of confirmations of cases of UAPs in leaked videos. The thousands of pages of documents released, he said, don't hold any details. Nothing is in there, or it's redacted, blacked out. It's so frustrating for us, he said. Scientists and researchers in other countries are facing the same difficulty finding answers from their governments and militaries, he said. That's what's led to them uniting and forming this new organization. Asked if any governments were involved, Schmidt said that wasn't the case, but we will eventually be recognized by UNESCO, which is the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, which means then that we can present at the UN, he said. We're going above individual governments. Schmidt said that he is sure the organization will grow. I'm the North America representative, and we have meetings in China, and then we met in Moscow. We put this all together. I had dinner in Moscow with two of uh, the cosmonauts, and we are getting people in pretty high places, he said. Asked if ICER is similar to the existing Mutual UFO Network, otherwise known as MUFON, Schmidt said it is not, and that MUFON specializes in collecting data. That's a membership, and there are a few people who work in the field, he said. 
A press release from ICER states the organization is a not-for-profit and that it is comprised of scientists, academics, and leading UFO UAP researchers on five continents who are unanimous in their recognition that we are not alone in the cosmos. Based on more than 75 years of research, ICER acknowledges that the UFO phenomenon is real. It acts with intelligence, and it is likely to be extraterrestrial, non-human in origin. One of the researchers who joined the organization is Professor Lashazar Filipov of Bulgaria. Filipov is an astrophysicist, and his career has included being Deputy Director of Scientists at the Bulgarian Space Research Institute. He is an expert in astrophysical and space dynamics. Bulgaria has a long history of space exploration that includes cosmonauts and more than 100 experiments in space. Another ICER member mentioned is astronomer Iman Ansbro of the Republic of Ireland. Ansbro is the director of Kingsland Observatory in SETI Kingsland in Ireland. Quote, eventually we will be 50 countries and then we'll put some real pressure on the U.S. government. No more talk. Let's do it. If there is something there, let's find out what it is, Schmidt said. One of the goals of ICER is to propose awareness programs to be established in all countries and to prepare for confirmation that Earth, Earth has been engaging with non Cuban intelligences. Schmidt will be guest speaker at the UFO Museum's 2021 Ufologist Invasion July 1st through the 4th, which takes place during the UFO Festival and Main Street Roswell's Alien Fest. And from KFVS 12 out of Missouri, they report on a story of an alleged UFO crash in 1941 near Cape Girardeau. As the U.S. Secretary of Defense prepares to release a report on the unidentified flying object phenomena, the facts about the alleged UFO crash in the Cape Girardeau area still remain up in the air. Quote, I thought Cape Girardeau, spaceship crash, aliens, you've got to be kidding me, said Paul Blake Smith, the author of MO41, The Bombshell Before Roswell. That sparked Smith's desire to write a book about the alleged crash. Everyone was told, do not talk about this. This is a matter of national security. It didn't happen, he said. Getting hard evidence for this has been like trying to nail jello to the wall. It's very frustrating. According to what Smith found out, the crash happened late April 1941. He said the UFO went down in a field somewhere west of Cape Girardeau Airport between Cape Girardeau and Chaffee. His main source for the details about the crash was the granddaughter of a pastor named William G. Huffman. The granddaughter said Huffman was called to go to a scene of a plane crash to pray for the victims. When he got there, he got the shock of his life. Quote, when he got there, he got the shock of his life. There was no cylindrical airplane with wings or propellers. There was a round silver disc that was broken open, and there was a, a debris, a field of debris, metallic shards that had set fire to the field, said Smith. Well, according to Smith and Huffman's granddaughter, there were three creatures at the scene. They said two had already died by the time Huffman arrived. Quote, One of them was apparently still alive, still breathing as Reverend Huffman knelt over this creature, and they were about three and a half to four feet tall. Your typical greys, as we would call them today, with black, big black eyes and long, thin arms and legs, and the creature expired in front of him, said Smith. Smith said the U.S. military eventually arrived at the crash site, forced everyone to secrecy, and took all the evidence. Quote, Ever since, it's a big mystery. Where did they take the physical evidence, the bodies, the debris, and the crashed vehicle that was cracked open, which Reverend Huffman said had little gauges on a kind of instrumental panel and tiny little seats? and some hieroglyphic writing on a silver band inside the cockpit. 
We couldn't make it out. He thought it was very mysterious, said Smith. After KFVS-12 reached out to the FBI, officials responded and said, quote, we are unable to identify records responsive to your request. The U.S. Air Force had a similar response and said they researched their files and found no documentation concerning this event. Air Force officials also said a review of the histories for the Air Corps training detachment of Sykeston, Missouri was undertaken. Regrettably, no mention was found in official unit histories regarding such an incident. The Cape Girardeau story should be a big bombshell story that got squelched, said Smith. Smith said he's not convinced the Secretary of Defense will release more information next month in his report about unidentified flying objects. Quote, I'm a little pessimistic. The government has covered this up for about 80 years. I don't see them suddenly reporting to Congress and the American people, but others feel that, yes, closure might be coming, he said. So did the alleged UFO crash of 1941 happen? Well, the answers depend on what people believe, but Smith said it doesn't need to stay that way. It really should have put Cape Girardeau on the map, and to this day it could if someone would just come up with some physical evidence, a piece of metal, even even a small one. We sure encourage you to come out and prove this story once and for all, he said. So if any of you listening out there happen to have a story or evidence of this 1941 crash, UFO crash near Cape Girardeau, well, we'd sure love to hear from you. You can always email me at hawk at theparachronicle.com. And finally this week from Lad Bible, a TikTok conspiracy theorist says people are going missing because of, quote, cannibal caves. A TikTok conspiracy theorist reckons people going missing in the U.S. are falling foul to a secret labyrinth of tunnels full of cannibals. Anyone have cannibal tunnels on the 2021 news bingo card? TikToker Dan stitched a video from a fellow TikTok user who spoke about the high number of people who disappear in U.S. national parks never to be seen again. But Dan suggests that if you look at maps of the U.S. cave system, you'll see there's a high number of disappearances around them, something she believes could be due to cannibals. In the clip, she explains, if you look up where people go missing in national parks, it directly correlates to the cave system in the U.S. Quote, I know you have all seen videos where they talk about cannibals being in the woods and they're just being feral people out in the woods. I kind of think they're communities of those people and they take people when they can. She also suggests that when people hear Bigfoot or Sasquatch sounds, it's actually the cannibals letting each other know they're around. Dan goes on, I think Sasquatch sounds that you hear in Missing 411 and those Sasquatch videos where it sounds like something's howling but they're not sure what it is, I think that's their way of communicating to each other and letting each other know who's where. We've never seen a Sasquatch before. We've never seen Bigfoot before, but we've found the clothes of missing people 100 yards away from where they were originally taken. Dan then linked it back to the horror flick The Descent, which tells the story of a group of women who find themselves lost and trapped inside a cave system while battling weird creatures that roam the tunnels. And her outlandish ideas freaking out fellow TikTokers with one person commenting, wait, really? Feral people exist? Another added, wait, but for real? I would be way more afraid of an unexpected human in the woods than a Sasquatch. I don't know. Have you ever met a hungry Sasquatch before? Well, that's it. That's all I've got for this week. Don't forget to reach out if you see something unusual in the sky or someplace else, or if you have an interesting story to tell. You can call our hotline at 818-570-0126 or find us at www.theparachronicle.com. Please like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to spread the word about our show here. 
And until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and know that here on Earth and in the universe, we are not alone. For the Parachronicle Almanac, I'm Jonathan Hawk. <laughs>